Yeah, I informed Chu of the time, but I did not get a comment back from her, so... I, I did, too, and she said she'd be here, but... Uh, oh, let's, okay. Let's give her a few minutes. Okie dokie. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Neil and I immensely enjoyed your uh, video game reviewer video. Oh, thanks. Uh, it's not quite like my usual stuff. Uh, usually it's got a lot more in- integrity behind it, but that one I was just like, you know what, screw it. Well, that, let, it's let, funny because Neil made that joke a long time ago about the controller changing. Oh, yeah. Well, that <laughs> was my to... that was my rub on uh, uh, Irate Gamer because his, his uh, <laughs> Super Mario 2 review, it, at one point he's playing, I think he's playing the Super Nintendo version of Mario 2, but he's clearly holding an NES controller. Or it's the other way around, I don't know. But I'm like, what a moron! I think so, Eric covered him quite thoroughly as well when he was yeah. talking about um. There's one particular clip where you see him repeatedly die in the same spot, but you notice the life counter is constantly at 99 lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game he's... genie. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, if you're gonna um, use I... it, that's one thing. You should at least be a little more discreet about it. Yeah, no kidding. Like I said, I just thought that was a really funny video because Neil made that joke a long time ago, and I just love the fact that you're using the uh, the actual what was it, the Sega Saturn steering wheel? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a bit weird actually because since I moved out this way, it's been like over a year, and I've not found my two Sega Saturn controllers. I've only found the wheel, so I've been stuck up playing like sega rally and sonic r on it that's it. those are the only two saturn games i can play right now <laughs> ouch yeah i keep meaning to pick up like um you know just a controller for a fiver or whatever off ebay but every time i go to buy it we're just like oh we're out of formula milk again well that's a tenner straight off the bat <laughs> mm. that could have been two controllers but no the baby has sweet yeah but overall that was a really funny video i like the part where he called rolling rock basically water <laughs> Yeah. I was talking to Eric last night, Neil, and <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know how Eric's doing those uh, those video review things now, where he's like yeah. doing what I did with you know showing pictures while he's talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing that now, and he's 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 like saying you know he wants to do it. He 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 wants to do something about comicology not being the internet or something like that. And because there's this phrase "break the internet" and uh, and someone posted the story about Spider-Man uh, 700 really did break the internet when all it did was crash Comixology. Okay. Oh God, yeah, that that whole I don't like the whole Otto Octavius running around as Spidey deal now, especially because if you read Avenging Spider-Man issue 15.1, it follows directly on from it. And it's like Otto's first week as Spider-Man. It's just like nope. Yeah, that that's kind of weird, but it's a uh, Neil doesn't know anything about this. I don't think I didn't tell him. It's nah. uh, I'm 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 like the out of all the people we know, I'm like the big comic book guy. It's kind of funny because <laughs> I've always been the comic book guy. When you know everywhere I go, it's like I have this weird encyclopedic knowledge of all the littlest issues and. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, with regards to the history of it i'm not as like i read it but the amount i actually retain is piss poor like we're only a year into the new 52 i can still go back and read like say the issue threes and fours i'll be like wow those two four okay (laughs) like i i know i've read this but apparently those two you know duked it out yeah i don't read dc anymore fair enough 
I, <laughs> I majorly, I ended up majorly cutting down on Marvel. Spider Man's gone after seven hundred. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not buying anything for a while. It's uh, like I said, my favorite thing to do is take someone like Neil. Neil has a cursory knowledge of all the characters and everything. Yeah, and I just say to to Neil, hey Neil, did you know that Punisher was black for a while? Did and, you know Punisher was an silence. angel for a while? That was weird. Oh yeah, Frank Castle, the angel. Yeah, that was. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I like how it takes all of two panels to retcon as well. Tried the angel thing, not my style. Go on. <laughs> well, the black Punisher thing though is hilarious because it lasted what three issues? The hell did I even do that for three issues? It was in the. It was like in '93. What happened was Frank Castle was thrown in jail, and Jigsaw like fucked him up royally with a knife. His face was all scarred up. He breaks out of jail, finds a prostitute who used to be a plastic surgeon before she got addicted to cocaine, and he passes out. And before he passes out, he says to her, "Make sure no one recognizes me." He wakes up. He's black. <laughs> so what does he do? He goes to Detroit and hangs out with with Luke Cage. Oh my god! I think that's an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because they did it for three issues, and the fourth issue, when Frank Castle became white again, they called that issue what again? Uh, I don't remember. Fade to white. Oh oh! <laughs> I love it. How did they actually turn him back? Well, they were saying that the pigmentation they used. Well, I don't know. I got rid of the like the broader nose and everything else they did to him. But <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Being black wore off. It's like a status <laughs> effect in Pokemon. You give it three turns. Well, it worked for Michael Jackson. Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or a master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Neil, where's the Chew? We might have to get started without her. Uh, I don't know. I have not heard back from her at all. What time zone is she in? Because I said 5 p.m. Because I when said, she said I said 5 central. I don't know what what time zone she's in. Okay. Because she gave me a ton of information without me even asking Neil. Oh. About okay. a Mr. Penders. Ken Penders. Oh, the uh, the guy who's uh... the the true and honest original character. Do not oh, steal. Okay. Oh, okay. The professional Blonick. <laughs> oh dear! Next, I'll actually publish Sonichu. Have you seen Julie Sue? Julie Sue, yeah, from the Archie comics. Um, the echidna with like the robotic braid in the hair. Oh god. <sighs> Yeah, because like once the British comics stopped, they you know stopped doing them around about the time Sonic Adventure One came out, um, and then 
like a couple of years later we got a proper comic shop in town which had you know american comics as opposed to the british ones where it's about three issues worth while we desperately try to catch up um so they had the american sonic the hedgehog comics so i started that one at issue 150 and we're now quickly approaching issue 250 let's see here okay i'm just pulling up a list of sonic the hedgehog characters here oh that that's a project in itself the game characters now okay the game characters Okay, so you've got, um, officially they named all of the animals in the badniks as well. So you've got, like, the pigs you save are called Porker Lewis, the rabbits you save are called Johnny Lightfoot, the squirrels were actually called Sally Acorn in the games as well, um, <laughs> the birds are Flickies. Well, yes, yeah, because when Super Tails gets, like, Flickies, heat-seeking Flickies. Yeah, for some reason they, you know, light up too. I <laughs> never quite got that. Yeah. You know, the Flickies are actually from a different game altogether, right? Let's start the show, yeah, then, if okay. we're going to start talking Sonic. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 go ahead, and if Chu joins us, Chu joins us. What do you say, okay. Neil? All right. Are you, are you sure that's okay? It's, it's... That's, that's fine with me. Okay. Hey, i got to get to work tomorrow, so, yeah. Let's get started, <laughs> okay. got to start sometime. Hello, and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. This is your host, Ben, my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Did I do that? Oh, God. And joining <laughs> us is Sam. Hello, I'm the British one. Yes, it's, uh, you know, if I had to guess, it sounds slightly Liverpudlian, but uh, that's just a guess. No, much further south. Uh, okay, see, I, that's why I shouldn't do that. <laughs> see, I tried to do that with Harry Partridge, and I was way off there, too. Yeah, no, it's just the great thing whenever we have uh, British conventions, American guests come over, like anime voice actresses or American comic artists are always just like, you know what? I was at a convention just two towns over and everybody sounded completely different. What is it with you people? You're a tiny f***ing island. <laughs> well, that, well, every place has dialects. I mean, it's like, you know, you go to Joyzy and then you go to... Then you go to <laughs> Then it, then you go to New York. It's it's those sound different, but uh, tonight's topic is Sonic cartoons. You know, Sonic in animation. Well, and uh, yeah. I, I will say it again right here. I've said it many times. I think all of them are different levels of fail. They've they've got their quirks. <laughs> I think with I think with some of them, the only way that you can enjoy them is if nostalgia is getting heavily in the way. Well, and uh, as we've said many times on the podcast, we don't let nostalgia cloud our judgment. We we rewatch the show, and if it's bad, it's bad. But uh, let's start with uh, one of the worst animated ones is Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. It was, (coughs) pardon me, just a little bit of a cough. But what what that one was, was a wacky adventure thing with really bad animation but oddly enough i think this one had the most charm it's got the most creativity uh this is sonic on acid basically well it's there's no rhyme or reason to it the world does not make sense exactly i think part of what made this work at least artistically to me was the creators looked at Sonic's design and said, hey, this is a little bit like Felix the Cat. Let's ape off that. <laughs> yeah, so I think they sort of just looked at Sonic on his own, 
never actually sat down to play one of the games, which is why you've got, you know, Tails in there being brown instead of orange. <laughs> but yeah, it's a... Uh... Neil, your thoughts? Um, well, I, I've watched very little of this show. I'm probably going to be the one that's most silent on this episode. But uh, what I remember most about this show is uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine and how that's now a time capsule for this show. <laughs> that I have to be constantly reminded of that whenever I you know, pop in the Sonic collection on GameCube. I'm like, oh, yeah, that existed. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got a lot of YouTube poop commemorating him as well, that Robotnik. Um, especially when you've got the episodes where his mother comes, Mama Robotnik, and she's still got the mustache. Well, that's that's an 80s thing. Like, there was the episode of Ninja Turtles where Shredder's mom shows up. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> and now you remember that episode. I don't remember it, but I, I I'm picturing it in my mind what it what it could possibly be and i bet you it's like 90 percent accurate it's probably it's even probably james one of those things where you probably imagine it to be far worse than it actually is no it's actually I'm, worse than what you're imagining i don't know what you're imagining but it's worse i'm imagining james avery doing the voice going oh shredder doing that voice and and the character model basically being shredder with like a dress no it's actually a woman it's actually an old japanese woman in kimono Oh, okay. And what happens is she's so much more evil than Shredder and Krang that she is almost succeeding the taking over the world, but Shredder can't take her nagging anymore, so he uses the transport to put her back to the old folks' home. Ah. Uh, because she can take over the world, but she can't escape an old folks' home. <laughs> <laughs> it was written by David Wise. Foiled again. Damn you, mandatory curfew. Um, yeah, what I remember about Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog is the animation was trippy out there. I remember they actually had extras that looked like Felix the Cat extras. So I think that the, that they really were aping off Felix the Cat, something fierce. So they uh, they had some inventor character that always helped Sonic and Tails, which is odd because Tails is supposed to be the inventor if you play the games. But yeah. that's another yeah, neither. I didn't tend to bring that in until a little later on, though. No, I and, didn't really focus on that right at the start. At first, it was just like, oh, he's got a cute sidekick, and women will love him. And there was also... Uh, they they also introduced the Chaos Emeralds, but they function very differently. Oh, can we talk about the Chaos Emeralds special? Oh, of course. I love that. Guess. That was originally, for those who don't know, five separate episodes, and they're the only episodes that actually link and follow on from each other. And they used to do it on a single VHS tape where they used to brand it as a movie. Uh, and it was just five episodes without the titles in between them. Uh, there's five Chaos Emeralds instead of seven. Um, and each one has like invisibility and uh, yeah. strength. And it's sort of like it's sort of like the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, but the problem is they sort of have duplicates of the Emeralds. You've got invincibility, invulnerability. Like, does someone want to sit down and actually tell me what the difference between the invincibility and the invulnerability emeralds are? <laughs> invincibility hurts. Nah, I don't buy that. <laughs> I mean, the way he he has the exact same sort of powers and reactions off both emeralds, and in one of them, he's just like, and the power of life itself. Like, come on, really? Well, like I said, it's like the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh man, I, I, does does the episode predate Sonic? 
No, it doesn't because Tails is in the cartoon. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. So, you've got Sonic time traveling on a skateboard. Sonic CD. Okay. Um, but it's <laughs> like I said. The, you know, there was also an episode where uh, Robotnik became like Superman until he sat on something with his derriere. And but for some reason he kept the cape. Yeah. It's it was one of those. Uh, it just didn't make sense. But I think what you had to love about it at all times was I think the show would have fallen apart without these three characters as well. Scratch, Grounder, and Coconuts. Oh, God. I think Coconuts barely showed up. It was mostly Scratch and Grounder. Yeah, mostly Scratch and Grounder, and occasionally Coconuts would try to get in there. Um, but it was it was sort of like having, you know, Sonic there as the Roadrunner, and then they're playing sort of Wily e. Coyote's part. It's sort of like having that dynamic between Shredder and Krang, or uh, or or Destiny, or or, uh, or Destro and uh, Cobra Commander. You have to have two baddies always talking. No, mm-hmm. yeah, I think what they were heavy on as well was catchphrases in that. Up, over, and gone. Yep, and let's not forget. I'm waiting. They did that in a lot of cartoons, Sonic cartoons. Let's 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 be honest. Because oh, there were uh, tropes that carried over, yeah. <laughs> and uh, goddamn chili dogs. Yep. <laughs> it's and and it's, Sonic was a perv in adventures. I'd say there were entire episodes where the plot focuses around he sees someone, he knows nothing about them, but they're hot, so he's gonna do anything for them. Well, like I said, it's like Felix the Cat. Yeah, this is true. Like I said, this one was... (laughs) This one also has Sonic Says at the end, which is sort of like that, you know, the, you know, the, the, the mandatory, this episode was about friendship kind of message. Sailor Moon Says. Oh, yeah. And there's the one about how he sort of tries to find Tails a home because it's not, you know, a life that a child should be sucked into. And, um... That's all about family and friendship, but, uh, you know, when I was a kid, yeah, that's pretty powerful stuff. Let's find a foster home for Tails, but he finds out his actual home is with Sonic. But when I watch it now as an adult, I'm sort of sitting there while Sonic's going on about how the hero business isn't anything to drag a kid into. I'm like, what, are you Batman? You're not dragging Robin <laughs> across the rooftops of Gotham, you know? It's <laughs> it will, it's, it's just, that's the thing, you know, Sonic... To me, isn't a dark story. I mean, it's it, especially in the if we go back to the, the video games. The video games are nice and brightly colored with with happy little trees, and it's like Bob Ross, you know, happy little trees. And well, they oh, weren't dark by Michael Jackson. Oh God, they weren't dark. But then, sort of Sonic Adventure Two and Shadow the Hedgehog happened. Uh, we don't uh, talk no. about Shadow. No, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, the thing. I think this is going to segue to is Sadam, which I think Sadam is one of those cases to where, uh, to where as, uh, as the creator Mario put it about the live action Mario movie is where they took the game too literally. I don't know. I think this is a fan favorite series. You've got to remember, you know, of I, everything. I don't care to... if the fan favorite, I, I, you know, bring it on. What helped this? You've got naturally, it's based around the Archie comics anyway. It's got, you know, sort of the same characters, the same environments. It's the same Mobius. You know, it's that universe. But it was very much, you know, you've got this Robotnik that's a lot more sinister, this world that has been taken over by him. It's not 
it's not like the cute mascot robots trying to kill Sonic. It's these big, burly sort of swap bot things. And I know, but it's you know the whole idea of oh, in the game, if you jump on a robot, it turns into a cute and cuddly animal. You know, they have the, the you know the roboticizing thing in the cartoon. And then you That's watch it. this cartoon, you've got Sonic buzz sawing something in half, and you see all the wires hanging out like some kind of intestines or something. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it, it's like it's like they took the game. It's like they took the game too literally and. And the the whole idea of translating the rings directly into a MacGuffin, you know, I, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I, I felt like it was them trying too hard to make a neat little package. And uh, it's a Neil, any feelings? Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you how you take Sonic this seriously. I mean, it, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. He, he has a little box that follows him around. And, you know, the edgiest character that was around at that time was Knuckles, and he barely edgy and i just i just looked at it i was like nope don't get it not gonna watch it <laughs> well like i said it's the, the part of the problem i have is not just the the whole idea of sonic is you know this resistance movement the dark uh, overtones and all that it, it's it's the deluge of all these other characters like antoine the french wimp that wears a napoleon vest mm-hmm. and boomer and then you've got bunny rabbit as well yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if anything, this is like the cartoon that said to a bunch of people, it's okay, make your own Blonic. Well, I don't know, it wasn't, having the other Freedom Fighters there wasn't too far a step. The Freedom Fighter thing had been done with Sonic before. The British Sonic comics, he was part of a set of Freedom Fighters as well. It was him, Porker Lewis, Johnny Lightfoot, Tails, and Amy Rose, originally. Um, I think the whole Robotnik having already mechanized the world and then fighting against that, that was an idea that several creative teams had. And these are creative teams that were very far removed from each other as well, you know. They kept the Japanese continuity, the British continuity, and the American continuity very separate for a lot of years until the internet came together and they had to try cobble it all together. So for that to come up, you know, in with three teams working without communication to each other, for them all to come to the same conclusion, there has to be something there. I disagree about the Japanese coming to that same conclusion, though. I, I think that, you know, with the games, you know, you never felt like uh, Robotnik, Eggman, whatever you want to call himself that week, was ever in full control. Okay. In, in... The Japanese, you know, not so much, but definitely the British and the American. Well, it, it, let me let me put it in another perspective. Um, Sonic Generations, which I think is one of the best Sonic games that came out in the last five, six years. Yeah. It uh, you have this scene at the beginning where you have Sonic, Amy, and uh, and Tails, and the and, and Knuckles, and the Chaotix all having a picnic together. And you look at these character designs, you look at the characters, and you don't think you don't you don't think something dark and edgy like the freedom fighters or anything like that. You, you think you see these characters and you go like this sort of gives me a disney vibe oh admittedly when you know they tried it with the british continuity in the 90s they were like these these characters if they're going to be freedom fighters they need some rough jeans and a leather jacket each you know they tried that whole thing to try and sort of get around that um in the american one they just seem to be like oh sod it they're edgy we won't change the designs much sally wears a little denim jacket that's about it in boots 
And boots, yes. But like I said, I just you know, if you look at the designs, you look at you know the characters hanging out there. They're 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 cute woodland animals, you know, just having having cute adventures. It's it, it like I said, it just in my mind, in in the original intent of Sonic, I don't see the edginess there. You see, today, yeah, it's relevant because you know we've seen a lot of media. We can contextualize it, and we can say, you know what, this is silly you know, putting it all together. However, in younger days, you know, when we were first being exposed to this thing, I know we said not to let nostalgia get in the way, but it was, you kind of had this thing where you weren't being treated entirely as a kid. Like, they weren't treating you as an idiot. They were putting them in danger and sort of making it a little darker than a lot of other shows would like to. Well, that's that's true, but at the the same time... uh... Like I said, I just have this this image in my head that I always got from the games, and I tried watching Saddam as a child, and I could have I could never get into it. It, it some things about it felt forced, like the rings thing. It's it, it felt like you know inserting a game mechanic into a cartoon, sort of like having the rocket boots in the in the Super Mario live action movie. Like oh, we have to explain why Mario can jump so high. Rocket boots. Yeah, it's sort of a, does that really need to be there instance? But I just think it was, what made it seem a little bit cooler for us on this side was that it seemed to not turn up as often most of the time. I mean, Sonic was played on a channel called TNT, and used to play, like, the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, the Bill and Ted cartoon, then the Sonic cartoon. Um, and that was just in a row, sort of their afternoon after school slot. And most of the time it would be Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which, as we discussed, very wacky, very out there. Um, I yeah. don't know what they were smoking when they made it. Um, and occasionally they would slip up and they would put Satam on instead. And in comparison, that made a lot more of an impression. And you would just, like, every time they screwed up, you'd be <laughs> ringing your friends, like, the, the good one's on, you know? In my opinion, that's uh, there is out of those two at least there is no good one. It's like I said, it's it's two different qualities, but neither makes me run to made me run to the TV and watch it when I was younger. And when I re-examined it, even with everyone on message boards and forums telling me, "Oh, Saddam was awesome," and you know, with uh, you know Ben Hurst, you know, talking about. Sadam revivals for almost 20 years before his unfortunate passing a couple of years back. It's, you know, it's, it's like I said, it just feels like oh, this weird place for me because I'm watching it and, and, you know, you have a resistance movement and you have characters that are types, you know, you have, yeah, bunny rabbit who is, who is the strong one. You have, you have the French coward, which I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, France didn't get upset about that. <laughs> You know, it's France, you know, France well, is constantly taking on gender used to it. <laughs> I mean, France, they were going to make a thing about it, but when they realized there would be a fight, they just waved the white flag again. Oh, oh, wow. But yeah, it's it's this weird place and time for animation for me that that I just don't get Sadam, and I don't get the love for it. I don't get the undying devotion to it. People, you know. 
almost 20 years of it not being on and people still saying that they want something sad and related animated. I mean, I've, I've seen and waited through discussions. I haven't participated in these discussions, but I've seen it where people were calling for a Sonic movie to be made and calling for it to follow the Archie sad and continuity. And I'm like, that would confuse more people. They, you know, to go straight game continuity be the best way to do a movie for people, you know? And but no, it has to be Sadam. Technically a two part OVA, but most of the time you buy it on DVD as one for movie. Are you talking about the one with the human princess that Sonic was going to marry? Oh yeah. And and Knuckles wearing the cowboy hat. Yep. And then you've got that awful song that was the theme tune Sonic for Boom? Sonic. No, no, no. Sonic Boom was for Sonic CD, the game. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The theme tune for the game was that, um, what's it called? Lookalike is the actual name of the track. But it was just, um, I'm trying to think of the lyrics. It's like, on a Sunday, riding my bike, I notice, I notice many things that look alike. And it just keeps playing throughout the film. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, be sure, uh, listeners, be sure to tip Sam, our singer here. But uh, Play it again, Sam. It's, to, to me, like, I, I just could never get in the sad am and... And I know that the, they had two seasons, and the second season ended in a cliffhanger. And you know, well, I there remember... are still debates to this day as to whether those eyes belong to Ixus Nagus or Knuckles. You know, who was going to come in for season three? But I think people do put it on a pedestal, and I can see why because you know, if people were reading the comics at the time, it tied into those. And as I say, it didn't. It didn't take children's intelligence for granted. You know, it didn't assume we were that naive. That's true, but it, it had a lot of the same things. It had chili dogs. It has I'm waiting. It has a lot of it has a lot of the the jail white the Sonic uh, catchphrases, which cup which carry with him no matter what cartoon he's in. Well, I don't know. It's, it's Sonic, you know, across both those series, the main recurring thing about Sonic is he is such a jackass. Like, I really, know. it's like, what a douche. <laughs> You'll explain the best about Sonic and Attitude. Uh, and, and Neil, please repeat it again. Oh, uh, it's just an observation of the original games. It's like Sonic did have a little bit of an attitude, but it was... It's more of a cutesy attitude. It was, you know, he'd, he'd tap his foot and he'd look at you if you didn't hit the controller. That's not cutesy. Or something, that's but... impatient. In Sonic CD, yeah, well... if you don't press anything for three straight minutes, he just says, I'm out of here, jumps off the TV that's... screen, and you get game over. That's right, he does. <laughs> but, like, the American advertisement for the games took it in, like, this really extreme direction where he was thumbing his nose at you and, like, you know, calling Mario a wimp and getting on the bandwagon of Genesis does what Nintendo don't, which was <laughs> something that Sega of Japan was very nervous about. They're like, you're going to do attack ads? And, you know, they just kind of let Kalinske do whatever he wanted. They didn't like what he was doing, but they were like, well, you're making us money. He saved See, the brand. We didn't That's get true. it so much here. We just got... To us, the marketing was more... You know what? You guys never really jumped all that on board with Nintendo anyway. So, um, yeah, <laughs> buy this. That's right. You guys had the Master System. Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> God, that thing was awful. <laughs> well, you had... Double Dragon. Fantasy Star? Double Dragon. We had yeah. Ken Sidon. Now, that is a game that will uh, kill you. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's to me the whole Sonic attitude thing, the the darkness. You know, the the thing is, it's not just that there's darkness. It's just you know, I watched two episodes while we were you know waiting for the show to start, and yeah, and the episodes felt really weird. You know, I watched the first and second episode because. Because it's trying to pull in this darkness here, and you have Sonic, you know, just like you said, Sam, being a jerk, you know, yeah. you know, tapping his foot constantly, not being able to stand for for ten seconds because they're trying to emphasize he's fast, he's speedy, he, but it turns him into a jerk. And yeah. you have this other human character with uh, with Robotnik, who's Sniffly, Sniffly, who who basically it's them trying to do like another Shredder Krang thing, but th- this one's a ball full of fail. It's like. He, he's just sort of standing there, and it's like, okay, where, what, what are you here for? Just for some, Robotnik to yell at somebody. And then you wonder what the parrot is for on Robotnik's shoulder as well. You're like, what's the deal with the robot parrot? I don't yeah, follow that. But it's like when he goes back in the early episodes, I can't remember if it's episode one or two off the top of my head, but to save Cat. Um, That's episode yeah, two. So- Okay, but it's like, yeah, he goes to save his friend, very honorable of him, but he acts like it's such a chore to do it. He's like, oh, God damn it, Cat. Really? I gotta come back for you? Come on. I'm just gonna go home with it. Oh, all right, fine, I'm coming. You know? I know, it, it, it's 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 such a weird feeling. I, I distinctly remember episodes I watched the first time they ran, and, like, there was one about this guy from this underground village, and they steal the crystal that powers the uh, the Lady of the Lake uh, ring generator. Yeah. <laughs> and and then Sonic's like breaks off a chunk of the crystal and says, "Here, you can keep this chunk." And it's like, "What really? From the MacGuffin generator? Just take a chunk of the MacGuffin generator off?" <laughs> I think as well there's an episode where Sally, Sally, who's supposed to be Sonic's love interest, gets swapped for a robot. Um, Robotnik basically makes the robot. Robot duplicate of I saw that birds. movie. It was called Metropolis. Yeah, but he sends her in with like a tracking device to try and figure out where Sonic's hideout is. And all this time, Sonic's walking around. You know, his love interest has been swapped out for a machine, and everybody else in the team has noticed that. Yo, this isn't Sally. Something's not right here. And he's just like, "What are you talking about? She's fine. Woman, back in the kitchen." <laughs> and, and that's that's the funniest thing about the whole Sally thing because to tangent into the comics. You know, the comics, you know, original Archie comics, you know, didn't have Amy for a while. And then they brought in Amy as her Sonic CD design where she's a preteen. And then Song Adventures was coming up on the, you know, over the, over the, uh, over the hill. So they were like, oh, well, we got to pull a Hal Jordan Aresia on here. <laughs> uh, I think even Sega themselves messed that transition up because you got, if you look at, say, the Sonic 3 manuals, you're looking, you're like, okay, so Sonic's supposed to be, like, 13, and Knuckles is meant to be 15, and Tails is, like, you know, 7, I can deal with that. And then you go to the next one, it's like, okay, they've aged by 3 years, they've aged by 1 year, they've aged by 2 years. But I'm not, I'm not kidding about the fact that they actually upped the amy's age to make her a a viable love interest in the comics in which is well, no, all if sorts you want of to go in, if you want to go there i mean look at marvel and dc they've got characters who are around in the 1960s in their mid-20s who are now in you know 2013 still in their mid-20s when other characters have gone from like being a baby to 15 i know but i'm talking about to where they actually did that on on panel they actually it was a plot story where they actually had amy use magic to make her age different wow 
I and that was right issue. before what? I have not read that issue. I saw this, it. This really happened with the American ones. So this was right before they did the Adventures tie-in issue, which is all sorts of weird because. Sonic Adventures came out, and Sonic Adventures could not be more different from the Saddam Archie world because here's Station Square with all these humans walking around and all that. And you know, how are you going to reconcile this with this animal world of Mor- Morbius with uh, with Robotnik already taking over? Yeah. And their answer was was it's because shut up. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's always been humans. We just didn't show them. <laughs> it, it's like the Boys Beats world. I was on the other side of the school. Yeah, it's sort of like, uh, oh, well, where do you think Robotnik came from? I mean, like, he's human. Oh, they uh, oh, actually, actually, uh, I think it was Ben Hurst who explained that. Oh, dear. Okay, it's uh, Neil, buckle your seatbelts because this is this is going to be a bumpy James Cameron-esque ride. Okay. Actually, it's going to be an M. Night Shyamalan-esque ride. Morbius is Earth at their post-apocalyptic event where all humans died and... And the animals evolved to be humanoid. Dr. Robotnik and his assistant, whatever his name was, the other human guy. Sniffly. They, yeah, Sniffly. They were on a spaceship as astronauts. Came back, a la Charlton Heston. You maniacs, you blew it all up. <laughs> this is the master plan. That is the continuity of Saddam. Yeah. But the continuity of Saddam is kind of weird because you then get Sonic Underground, which is, in my view, you know, sort of the red-headed stepchild of all all of them. And which Ben Hurst wrote episodes for, by the way. And it was still terrible, <laughs> despite <laughs> that. And it's sort of the same world, but not the same characters and not the same plot and continuity. But for some reason, Satan, which everyone loved, got like... 26 episodes over two seasons and this thing underground which everyone supposedly hated they made about 50 or so goddamn episodes well there is the magic syndication number sam it's uh see uh cartoons they get uh, 56 episodes you can instantly sell them to other stations to run syndicated because 56 episodes is the magic syndication number this is why robotech was macross southern cross and That, that third cartoon which I keep forgetting because they had to get to the number 56. Ah, okay. 65. What, Neil? But 65. 65. Pardon yeah. me, I, I, I got a little dyslexic there. but I mean, I think the only good thing about Underground was that Knuckles finally showed up. But it's again, in the with OVA. the cowboy hat. Well, yeah, he's in the OVA, but the OVA, and actually the first we knew about the OVA here was in Sonic Jam on the Sega Sand, because you'd go into the movie theater, and they'd have the goddamn trailers for it, all in Japanese, bear in mind, but no way of getting hold of the actual film. So Sega were advertising something to us, a Sonic movie, that we couldn't actually get hold of. What a cocktail. Well, that happens a lot with, with Japanese properties, but yeah, it's... To me, looking at Saddam as a whole, it's not something I enjoyed watching. Even even after many years, you know, just today I watched it, and, and the animation is slightly better than Adventures, but at the same time, I have to give Adventures some points in the fact that it has more artistic creativity. I think technically, Saddam is superior. Aesthetically, Adventures wins. Exactly, exactly my point. It's uh, thanks for stating it so eloquently, Sam. No, hey, no problem. But yeah, it's 
<laughs> it's in and the underground was just an excuse for Jelly White to get uh, three paychecks. <laughs> I mean, what was with the songs as well? I mean, uh, let's give them a brother and sister. They're in a rock band. Well, let, let me tell you, that's that's the next step with with property with Archie properties, Sam. Because think about it. Because in uh, because Josie was just a book about Josie, and then they needed to make a cartoon. And the best way to make a cartoon was to get some music, so it became Josie and the Pussycats. And then, you know, Archie. Archie, they need to make a cartoon, but it couldn't just be Archie, so it, so it became the Archies. Sugar, sugar. So it's a, it is a tradition with Archie properties to go into bands. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to click together, isn't it? Get into bands and solving mysteries. And eventually they have to cross over with a Hanna-Barbera character. Or the Punisher. Usually Captain Caveman. Or the Punisher. Oh, Archie meets the Punisher. No. No. Hey, it was one of my favorite comics. Isn't it weird that the one cartoon that started all that, the teens with bands that go around solving mysteries, the, the one that started that is the one that averted the, the music thing and that's Scooby Doo. Yeah, Scooby Doo was originally going to be a band, but but yeah, and, but yeah, this goes back to Archie and and the the sad thing was the creator of Josie, you know, didn't get the money he deserved from Archie Comics on that. The, the Carl. Get... Yeah, it's a it's a sad story, but but yeah, I have to go into the Archie comics first, the the Archie Sonic com- comics for a bit because I have to mention the saga, Neil. I have to mention the saga. Of Ken Penders, the real life Blonick. Okay. This this is this again. If if this happened before issue 150, it happened before I started reading. It, it happened sort of before like, issue 150. Uh, yeah. Before, was when when sure. Archie Sonic started, there was this artist writer named Ken Penders who, I would say back then he was competent because he did some good work. It not great but good. He was a guy that you hired to be a workhorse. You know, he he put it out. Yeah. And. And he, he, you know, he wrote the Sonic Archie comics. He he spearheaded the Knuckles solo title. And oh, wow. he created all these Echidna characters. And then he left Archie. And then he retroactively claimed copyright on every issue he ever did for Archie comics. And to this day, he wants to do his own movie in graphic novel with the Echidna characters claiming that it's safe because it doesn't have Sonic himself in it. Yeah, that's not going to fly. <laughs> it it gets worse than that. It's uh he made a live action movie of his Sonic script. No. Yes. Uh, I I I saw the the teaser video. It Neil, I showed it to Neil too and Neil, what did you see when you saw it? Uh, what was this? The live oh it's called the lost ones here's the lost ones trailer oh oh oh, oh that oh I didn't know what the hell I was watching <laughs> I'm like what the hell is this oh man floating island it's... productions I, I I know I know it it, it it gets worse than that it's I, I don't care what part you're watching it gets worse yeah I tried to fast track through it and I'm like okay where's Sonic what what does this have to do with Sonic he's not Sonic <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell have you got me watching? Like I said, this is this is, this is Ken Pender's uh, project. Like I said, it's uh, he he is he he insists he is legally able to make 
you know, echidna based fiction because because he, he claims that he created all the echidna characters other than the original Knuckles. He claims this so much that he says any other echidna that's not Knuckles that shows up anywhere instantly is his. Like, uh, what's her name that was the ghost in Song of Adventures? He claims that... that Takal? Yeah, he claims that, that, that they ripped him off with that character. Oh, of course, because the idea of, you know, other s- <laughs> members of a species could exist is totally original. He holds a copyright on any egg-laying mammal. <laughs> I just... It's... I'm sorry, what's that? Eric the Anteater, I'll sue! It's... Uh, mere words cannot describe this. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he is trying to do. And and the thing is, it's like, you know, he claims that he owns Julie Sue. And the thing is, he, he's going to have Julie show, Sue show up in his graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And Julie Sue showed up in the Archie comics, and her father is Knuckles. So I don't know how she, how he thinks he can get away with this. It, most likely, sorry, he can't. <laughs> it's this is this is really like what would happen if Archie Comics, for some reason, hired a better artistically inclined Chris Chan. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It's it, it, it's frightening. I, I I'm sorry for the segue, but this is I I, I stumbled upon this during research, and I was just baffled and amazed oh man uh, you see this is we did have something well it doesn't compare anywhere near you know what's happened there but we had first of all sort of a sonic ish character turn up for an issue called cosmic which turned out to be a shapeshifter which was literally sonic but green and with a cape um, and then later on in the British comics, when the Metal Sonics got introduced, they were called Metalics, and there were more of one of them, and they ended up forming a whole brotherhood. And this was a saga that was written by a guy called Nigel Kitch and drawn by a guy called Richard Elson, who, one of my earliest influences art-wise, absolutely love his stuff. Um, so after they parted ways with the British Sonic comics, you know, after the Sonic comics themselves ended, um, they bring out their own comic. And the title of this comic is Metalix. Ouch. But but uh, <laughs> actually, actually, uh, Ken Penders actually fits into the Sadam saga. Oh, right. So it, not just aping the name and sort of a basic concept. It was just the actual characters and everything. Huh? Uh, Ken Penders drew the cover art of the DVD. <laughs> oh, and actually him and Ben Hurst locked horns let me tell you this story see because after Saddam was cancelled you know ground done Ben Hurst tried multiple times multiple times to do a revival a third season a movie something because he ended Saddam on a cliffhanger in season two yeah and he wanted to finish his own work that's fair enough so what happened was was Ken Penders got news of this and like called called uh, Ben Hurst and was like hey dude or do you want to work on on a Sonic movie? Well, I do too. Let's team up. So Ben Hurst told him his strategy of uh, Ben Hurst is going to go talk to Sega of America and try to get on board their team to try to make it to where it's a win-win situation to where where he creates new song material that's going to coincide with a game and try to tie all the continuities together. And Ben and uh, Ben Hurst told his whole idea to to Ken Penders. Ken Penders like 
stabbed Ben Hurst in the back and told told this directly to Sega of America to try to get uh, a leg up on his version. And mm-hmm. the next time uh, Ben Hurst called Sega of America, they they said to him, "Look, they pay us to come up with Sonic ideas. They don't pay us to to pay other people to come up with Sonic ideas." And they hung up on him. Oh, that's that's pretty <laughs> final. So yeah, it's a uh, Ben Hurst hates Ken Penders too, and I'm sure Ken Penders tells a different version of that story, but more than likely. Considering the fact that Ken Penders swore that Archie never made him sign a, a an agreement saying that any stories he writes while being employed by them to write is not his property, I I, I kind of take every word he says suspect because that's a standard contract any comic book company does. Well, yeah, you got to protect yourself at the end of the day, and they'll do that any which way they and, can. And it's just really weird because Ken Penders swore up and down that there is no contract. Archie produced a contract, and he starts claiming it's a forgery. And people are taking his side. I'm like, dude, look. I, I it Just because Archie is big and Ken Penders is little doesn't mean Ken Penders is instantly right and Archie is instantly wrong. Yeah. I mean, with regards to, I mean, if you had... Because there were those three original series. You've got, you know, Adventures. You've then got, you know, Satayam and then Sonic Underground, which sort of, they had a similar, apart from the backgrounds in Adventures, they were all sort of the same character animators by the look of things. You know, Sonic looked relatively the same throughout all three. Um, I don't think it was then, because that was pretty much it for Sonic cartoons for a long time. It sort of went away, sort of did a quiet death for a while until after Sonic Adventure 2 when we got Sonic X which obviously is anime style. Sonic um, Sonic Ball Z. Yeah, exactly. Um with that really whiny, horrible, annoying Chris kid running around. Um now naturally if you had to pick one of those two animation styles, which it does it for you. I would say actually, if if you if you if you really press me hard to say which fits best with the style of the games, animation wise, mm-hmm. just in animation, not in story and any of that other crap, I would actually have to say Sonic X, and I say really? that with a with a grimace, because it's all Dragon Ball Z <laughs> shit. You know, it's Goku and Vegeta. I mean, Sonic and Shadow uh, powering up and. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did. It followed the plots somewhat of Sonic Adventure One and Two. So, and then they tried to get some Sonic Battle stuff in there. But I, I prefer the probably the graininess and the innocence of the older stuff. Well, yeah, like I said, if if you if purely art, artistically, I would I always have to go back to Adventures because it's shit, but it knows it's shit. Yeah, but I think there was a lot more sort of elasticity to the characters as well like you had squash and stretch going on they really played with over exaggerating features that, you know? that's true but it's not quite kennedy bad no it wasn't it wasn't bad but it, that's what gave it quite a nice quality was that it was over the top it you know wasn't quite right but it gave it this unique sort of bouncy feel at the same time like a rubber ball yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, like I like I said, it's I I've watched a lot of Sonic cartoons, and Sad and the least, and Advent and uh, Adventures was something I had on while I was doing other things as a child. Mm. It was background noise, and Sonic X was background noise until I realized, you know what, music is better background noise. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, Sonic the X only, was 
the only reason why I watched Underground was pure, undistilled, morbid curiosity. <laughs> Which you quickly regretted, I assume. I got as far as Knuckles showing up. Okay, you didn't do too bad then. But I don't think Sonic X, when they tried to do the whole continuous story, because like Underground, they're looking for their mother, yeah, but you can sort of pick that up anywhere, you can drop it anywhere, come back. You've wait, really wait, 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 wait. I just realized something. What, what, what was another show about three rodents searching for the mother while singing? Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yes. Oh, I don't recall them ever searching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a subplot in the in one of the seasons, Neil. Oh. Their so mother actually showed up. Something else. Their mo- <laughs> it was a Ruby Spears series, so like try to block it out. <laughs> but yeah, is it's in cartoons, honestly. It's that's the kind of stuff I live for. Just the weird connections that don't make sense. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, it's. Sonic Underground, we really didn't touch it other than there's a band and Sonic has two siblings, one that has, like, hedgehog dreads. Yeah, you've got Sonya, which is the laziest name for a female sibling for Sonic ever, Um, who's just basically, she was Amy Rose, but not. But related, yeah. Yeah, it sort of reminded me of that scene in The Simpsons um, where all those people are running in Tokyo and they turn around and are like, ah, Godzilla, and like, no, for copyright reasons, it just looks like Godzilla, but it's not technically Godzilla. That was Austin Powers 3. Was it? Yes. I think this one, that was Simpsons. No, that was Austin Powers 3. Wow. Okay. Uh, But that that was Sonya for me. I was like, oh, they couldn't have Amy Rose, I guess. (laughs) And... And basically, you know, it's the same thing. A robotics taking over the world, and and they're uh, and they're searching for their mother, and they have amulets that turn into rock and roll instruments. Like uh, Sonic has a guitar, of course, because Sonic always has a guitar whenever he plays music. Well, they've got to have portable MacGuffins. I think if you don't give Sonic lead guitar, then usually he ends up on vocals, which, given his Gale attitude wants. and the whole whiny "I'm waiting" thing, is never a good thing. And he did do that, yes. It's in in my mind, if Sonic was going to play an instrument, mm. it would be a trumpet, so that way he shuts the fuck up. <laughs> uh, he can make too much noise with a trumpet. I, I just, you know, like I said, they 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 play rock and roll music to inspire rebellion against Robotnik and searching for their mom, and it was. And and Knuckles shows up, and Knuckles has the power to dig with his claws. It's or something. I I, I didn't like it. Or just turn up at the gigs and be like, I can dig it. Oh God. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> as soon as the words left my mouth, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Shit. It's overall, I did not like Sonic Underground. Uh, Sonic Underground is the most wretched of of all four of them. Easily because of it. It honestly, if I had to pick the best Sonic animation, I'm going to cheat. The animation opening to Sonic CD. Well, in that case, you may as well just say the OVA. <laughs> the Sonic CD opening is slightly better because there's no human princess. Yeah, well, this is true. But you do have to listen to Sonic Boom. There's always the mute button, Neil. Now, now, there's nothing wrong with Sonic Boom. But if you want bad Sonic music, go play Sonic R. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
bad Debbie Gibson. Oh, Sam, we were just starting to like you. <laughs> just, that is, oh my god, Sonic R is bad. <laughs> yeah, it's... Plays bad, sounds bad, just is bad. Yeah. It's bad to the bad, but, you know, overall, overall... I see Sonic as a franchise that has a multiple di- identity disorder with multiple factions that will never be pleased with anything unless it is that interpretation. Underground doesn't have that following. Saddam and Archie sort of kind of joined but at the same time at war with each other, at least from what I've seen, because, you know, they, they love the Freedom Fires, they love Sally Acorn, some of them more than others, disturbingly enough. And... <laughs> and... <laughs> I don't know, I think with Sally Acorn, I think they started realizing there was a problem, and over the years, she's been getting more and more clothes, and the more clothes they put on her, the more the fans outrage, and you just sort of look at these people thinking, you're really not doing yourselves any favors by arguing this point. It's, <laughs> we've actually, Neil and I have actually pinned it down, it's Sonic and, and Disney Afternoon that created this generation of furries. You think? Yes, because how many people were hot for Gadget? Oh my God, yeah. Um, I do remember back when I was a kid, all all my friends who were like into Gadget. I was like, what the hell? There's that wrong? Russian cult that's in the Gadget deal. I mean, I mean, we're talking about like middle schoolers, and I'm like, what is wrong with these with these kids? Like, have have you not discovered girls yet? They're those they are those soft things that uh, that put restraining orders on you <laughs> yeah soft things well it's you know the anakin skywalker definition i don't yeah. know i would um i would describe my other half as anything but soft <laughs> well Usually, is, is, yeah. your, is your other half like the other thing anakin was talking about like sand that gets everywhere and <laughs> no it's if if she's awake, she's kicking my ass about something. <laughs> but like I said, I just I could not put up with that, with 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 the fact that there are so many furries. I mean, it's hard to be to to like the Sonic games and say like, yeah, Sonic Three and Knuckles is my favorite Sonic game ever, and it, it is because I think two of them together as a single cartridge has the best replay value, best. <laughs> Best everything, you know, best power-ups, best uh, exploration. I love Sonic 3 and Knuckles. But you can't really say you're a Sonic fan, around, you know, out loud on the internet because people are, because there's so many goddamn furries with their own characters, you know. It's it's a parody now. Blonic and, and, the, problem, and, the, and the American Psycho is, card scene. If you turn around um, and say you're a Sonic fan there's then a need to do one of two things as well. You either need to immediately justify it, or you need to then define which subcategory of Sonic fan you just belong to. So now you're just like, oh, I'm an old-school Sonic fan, for example, or, oh, I'm a new-school Sonic fan, or there's all these different definitions, and Sega have run themselves into quite a corner because they've got now about three four very distinct very different fan bases which are arguing with each other you know there are some kids now who are fans who have only ever known sonic in 3d with green eyes you know arguing with the 20 odd year olds who are like no no that's not the way it's supposed to be so whatever they do they can't please anyone that, that's true yeah. but at the same time you know i think it's fair to say that if a sonic animated movie is gonna be made now 
it's going to follow the games. I don't care what what your damage is. I don't care how much you love the Archie stories. I don't care how much you love the Sad Am stories. They Sega is not going to make a story that caters to the Sad Am fan base. What's the reason if they do, you know, a, yet another set of Batman movies, they're not going to jump in with, say, the R.I.P. arc and be like, oh, yeah, we're three Robins in. By the way, Damian Wayne, which will be the fourth Robin, is hanging around. Bruce is dead and Dick Grayson's Batman. You know, there's well, actually, too much. Yeah, Bruce Wayne is a caveman. No, oh, yeah. Tech, well, or, or he sort he of jumps pirate? about. He's a caveman, then a pirate, then he's in the Old West. And, yeah, but. You know, I mean, there's there'd be too much ground to cover to do a movie based on that continuity now because you'd need to introduce everyone who's new to it or everyone who's jumped on, you know, the nerd geek being popular bandwagon. They're being like, okay, so you've got Sally, Rota, Bunny, Antoine, you've got, you know, I think it would take so much time establishing it and getting it down pat um, and breaking these people in that it's just not worth doing. No, it's not. It's it, it's sort of like all the people that got mad about the, the Michael Bay movie, even though the approach was correct. But, you know, all, all the other feelings about other elements of, of the Michael Bay Transformers movies, regardless, you know, the approach was correct. Of We're going to strip it down to the base level of a boy in his car mm. and tell a story that can be approachable to everybody, yet still have the nuggets that a fan can appreciate. That was the approach and the approach itself was correct. And that's if they make a Sonic animated movie, that's what they should do as well. They should not even attempt to cater to the to the sad am Archie fans because to do so would would doom ninety nine percent of the people who would want to go and see it. The thing is, even if you do base it on, say, you went in, you know, on game continuity now, um, you'd still have a bit of trouble because you'd be like, okay, everyone seems to know Sonic Tails Knuckles. That's safe. That's like the Trinity. You know, that's like. The Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, everyone knows them. It's like your Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, recognizable wherever. Um, when you start go- then start going, okay, so this is Amy Rose, this is Shadow the Hedgehog, this is Rouge the Bat, this is Charmy B, this is... No, Vector you stop at Amy as far as you go. You don't no, no, no Big the Cat, no Charmy the Bee, none of the Chaotix. You don't even touch the Chaotix. I mean, I was I was playing Generations, and I was enjoying Generations until you have Charmy the Bee saying, gee, thanks, Sonic, and I had to remember for a second, oh, wait, that's Charmy the Bee. He looks like a Disney character. Although I did find it amusing running through um, the City Escape level uh, as classic Sonic, and you've got the missing poster for Raider Squirrel and Mighty the Armadillo. Yes, <laughs> that tickled me. <laughs> like, like I said, it's if you if you start if you go past Amy Rose and introducing characters, you're gonna doom them because Amy Rose is about as new as you can get with a movie audience. Okay, so if you did it, because obviously everything's animated digitally now, so it's a different look and feel to everything. If you did a new Sonic cartoon here and now, okay, where where would you even start with it? I mean, you've got a, I I think you'd end up having like an Avatar: The Last Airbender atmosphere. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Movie Week in Review is the Geekcast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on geekcastradio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. 
Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind, every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's alright. Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. The GeekCast Radio Network has launched Masked Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Masked Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. And now, back to the show. One second, uh, the Chew is joining us. Oh, Ooh, okay. Chew! Hey, sorry, sorry, sorry for being late. It's okay, it's okay. It's uh, we, were, we were talking about Sonic as a concept now, but uh, we would love to hear your overall thoughts before then. It's a, just unload, Chew, unload. <laughs> yeah, sure, just a sec. Let me, uh, I literally just like ran into the door because uh, we had a car emergency that right away. So let me just set up. Okay. Hello? I think we're just waiting for it to set up. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, we can just... Uh... Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's always something. There's always something that gets me late on animation aficionados. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. Anyway. It's it's called Murphy. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> damn you, Murphy. Um, so, uh, Murphy, it's well, not just a good idea. It's the law. <laughs> so uh, Sonic the Hedgehog as a concept... Well, but but back to your idea, your your feelings on the three American cartoons, really quickly. Uh, three. Which one's the third? One? Like, there's the Sandman, and then the the Felix the Cat bizarre one, and what's the third one? Under- uh, Sonic Underground. Oh, Underground. Underground. I actually meant to watch an episode of Underground today, but like every time we put it on, one of like we'd be using SyncTube to watch stuff. Every time I put it on, one of my friends would like threaten to quit. <laughs> 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 like I've seen the intro like five times. They're like, "Come on, let's actually watch an episode." And it's like, "Fuck you, no." <laughs> if they someone rage quit a secret seek watch. That's funny. Oh man, so I I don't have any any word on a underground. It, it looks ter- freaking terrible. But it is. I've never it is. Seen an actual episode of it. Um, but like the 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 quest. There's a question, like, which one's a good Sonic cartoon? And I'm like, there isn't any. There are no good Sonic cartoons. They all stink. <laughs> Let, let's um, start with Adventures. What are your feelings on Adventures? Is that the bizarre Felix the Cat? Yes. Kind of? no. um, it's ugly. <laughs> it's tiny. <laughs> it's on crack. It's just, it doesn't care. Um, it's, it's harder to, like, rant about it because it's so strange. Um... And it's just it's, like it, it's fun at the very least, though, right? 
Yeah, I, it's also pretty lazy. Like, um, recently the only <laughs> episode that I watched um, with my friends was um, the Christmas special, which Sally Acorn is in for some reason. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They crossed the streams? They crossed the yes, they did. You didn't know about that? Crossed, Even I knew oh about my, that. I did not know that they crossed the streams. They put a chili dog in Sonic Generations, Ben. You you had to know that they did this. <laughs> um, Sally doesn't say anything, though. She's just there, and uh, Sonic is trying to get a present for Christmas. Um, I, that's the most recent episode. Um, this episode I saw most recently. It was really bizarre. The voices were kind of grating um, because of Scratch and Grounder being like, <laughs> and, um, and it was like goofy and zany. And there's um, very obviously a part where they were just too lazy to animate it, where this really hideous kid with the world's uh, um, largest overbite gets kidnapped by Robotnik, and then he just shows up later goes, there was a big robot factory. I escaped. It's like, how did... How, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's like Thumb Wars bad. Yeah, he just, he just appears. Like, he's a little kid that nobody likes and isn't important, but he just made it out of this giant robot factory. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that is the kind of... Robotnik's competence in that show, you do get the feeling that someone could just walk on out if they wanted to. Well, his competence in Saddam wasn't that much better. No. Yeah, true. That's that's on the level of Cobra Commander and Skeletor. <laughs> now, Chew, it's time for you to bite into Saddam. Yeah, Saddam. Um, I feel like a lot of people might have been skewed by the nostalgia critics saying it's a good show, and I can't even understand the nostalgia critics' like angle on this. Like, why did he not watch anything beyond the opening? theme because the animation is abysmal the characters are wildly inconsistent and there's a ton of animation mistakes where sonic won't have spines sonic sonic the, like the bear patch in sonic's belly will be go gone tails has one tail tails has no tails it has sonic's shoes with inverted colors just everything is like whacked out and wrong and it has some of the worst sound design that i've ever heard in any it's, it sounds like it sounds a lot like the 87 into turtles in that fa fashion where you actually have scenes where one turtle morphs into another during the scene exactly it's exactly that sloppy um, one that came up a lot was sort of sonic arm sonic's arms are meant to be beige next to naturally blue everything else and the amount of scenes you see where his arms are blue as well oh yeah a lot yeah. of that lot of inconsistencies just I've, I've actually caught them changing between frames you know oh, he's like yeah. he'll be talking just lift up his arm it'll go from skin color to blue and then back to skin color during the one motion well that was that was the korean studios they were using at the time they weren't quite up to par that was when america was just starting to use korean studios oh yeah because it, oh. <laughs> it was deke and deke was sending everything to acom neil i don't i don't know exactly I, I didn't. I don't know what Deke normally. I don't think Deke normally used Acom. I think they used someone. Don Yang. Because Deke, I don't know. Because Deke always had their own style that was immediately recognizable. You see, you. It keeps being pronounced Deke, but what was weird was every time the show ended and the logo came up, we used to laugh our asses off here because there'd just be the sort of womanly voice that would say Dick. <laughs> well, here it was Deke. <laughs> yeah, they were very careful to not mispronounce it in any way. It's even on, but we like, still laughed the, at it. The European DVD box sets that I've got of these series, you know, you get to the end, it just comes up, 
dick. They time. want you to know right after you see that what you saw. <laughs> and you there, was, there was so many bits that we laughed at. I mean, there was. Um, Where are yeah. his hands? It was like when me and my brother got to about 16, 17, and we got, you know, the box set of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. We're sort of sat at my dad's place for both, still, you know, sort of college age at the time, because we sat our college at 16 and then uni at 18. Um, and we're sort of watching it, and there's a bit where Robotnik says to Scratch and Grounder, You stink of piss. Um, and we're looking at what we rewound it back about 10 times, and every time it came out, you stink of piss and it cuts to scratch and ground us straight afterwards and they're covered in fish and we're like oh he's meant to say fish but it keeps coming out piss <laughs> <laughs> well it's that you know it's <laughs> there's there's lots of fun uh, things that can be said in a children's cartoon in america that could take the wrong meaning in in England, like, you know, you, you call someone a tosser, and that doesn't mean much unless you're tossing something in an American cartoon, but tosser means something else in England. Oh, yeah. It's basically jerking off here, but, um, <laughs> you get, for example, when we were watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch, there was a song. Cartoon or live play, action? Uh, the live action one. There was a song that would play almost every episode, which was Shake Your Wanny Fanny Funky Song Funky Song. <laughs> <laughs> I love and I love the fact that Fanny means something totally different over there. Yeah, for you guys, it's us. For us, it's the old beef curtains. Uh, <laughs> Commander Wolf's head looks like a fanny. <laughs> you tell a British woman to sit on her fanny, she's going to lean forward. Okay? <laughs> or hit you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we were just there, and you've got, you know... She's just there dancing. It's like shake your fanny. We're just like she's shaking her fanny at us. <laughs> oh, boy. But back to Sad M Chew. Uh, well, okay. I have a lot to say. It's hard to uh, story. Hard to Start begin. with story. Like okay, I started this journey, this epic of like watching all of uh, Sonic Sad M because I I wanted to like it because. You know, I don't always agree with Nostalgia Critic, and and but I was like, okay, well, if he thinks it's decent, I'll give it a chance. I'll, you know, give it an honest try. And it was crap. It was really bad. I'm like, I don't understand why people think of it as like the good, this great classic. When you know, generously, it's like on the level of the Legend of Zelda cartoon. But everyone takes a dump on the Legend of Zelda cartoon. And but Sonic Stadium is like the at that level, but worse animation. Like the animation is is straight up worse objectively worse and um i actually spammed the the chat here in skype with a couple of like weird frames that we my friends and i found when we were going through this series <laughs> like oh god what well it's it, it it is weird like i've known people who swear that this was on par with batman tas you gotta be kidding me not even batman's worst episodes critters were, like on <laughs> Sonic's level. Sonic is way below. I, I got. I gotta say that Critters does get pretty fucking bad, but yeah, I would rather watch Critters. <laughs> but because there's that one episode of Batman. There's episodes of Batman the animated series where like there's the kids in the sewer and there's that weird. Um, 
uh, Charles Dickens sort of bad guy who looks kind of like Alucard from Helsing. <laughs> and then at the, the episode ends with the children going, the light, the light, at the end of the episode. It's one of the dumbest The Underdwellers. The Underdwellers, yeah. But, uh, I mean, one thing that I encountered is that I was doing live streams while I was drawing. I'd be like, uh, I'm watching Sonic Sadam with my friends, and it's really freaking bad. And then there would be people giving me conditions, like, well, it's that, it's, um... It's bad, but that it, like just wait until you get to this episode. And I'm like, well, it's still bad when I get there later. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, wait for the second season. The second season is worse. <laughs> like, the what? thing is, Stop I think when you start, if you have to say to someone, oh no 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 no, it does get good. It's already failed. It's the Enterprise defense because Enterprise, the first three seasons of Star Trek Enterprise, is garbage, pure garbage the fourth mm-hmm. season does have lots of great episodes mainly because of uh, manny uh, manny koto i believe his name was was given the reins and he did really good work but you can't justify three seasons of suck with oh but the fourth season you have to get to the fourth season that's just incompetence to get to four seasons and three of them are suck yeah if it takes that long because um I do think that some things take a while to get really good. Like the first season, it just it, there's a period where all the writers and the animators and the voice actors need to get used to things. Like I'm still pissed off that they canceled Thundercats because I thought it was getting better as the show went on, and now uh, we're not going to see any more of it. Um, and even with the last Airbender, the the first season is the weakest, and then it gets better and better. But like there isn't, and there's like. The way I've described Sonic Sat M is that I can see reasons why people like the show, but it's kind of like if you had a stinky dog turd and there's like little gold flakes spe- like sort of on it, like they suddenly, uh, sort of, suddenly fell on and got stuck to the top of the turd. It's still shit. <laughs> it's still shit. Like they do. Something. It's sort of like someone tells you you can have that gold if you can separate it from the turd, but you can't use any tools other than your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> There might be people getting mad at me because I'm not being specific. Well, here's one thing. Um, I'll be specific about what I hate about this cartoon. And I guess I could say what I think is good first. Good is that I acknowledge that there actually is a story, which was really, really rare back then. Um, It's it's sort of there, kind of. Like, the characters, they're flat as hell. They're 2D. But they do reminisce about good times. They're actually sad at times. They actually cry. They don't always win 100%. Um, I do like that the bad guy has already won. That's actually an interesting setup. I do like that. Um, and like, and then the voice acting is okay because uh, Jim Cummings as Robotnik is really good, um, and everyone else is competent. They actually, they're actually voice actors. Except maybe Tails. I don't know. Tails was pretty bad in the pilot. Um, <laughs> oh god not ken penders <laughs> oh my god but um those are the things i would say are good but like they don't redeem it because the animation is horrendous um the backgrounds are okay but like the actual animation is filled with errors and is really inconsistent and oddly paced the sound design is awful with one of the um one of my examples is there's an episode where, okay, this is supposed to be a serious cartoon, but there's seriously an episode where Sonic and Rotor, his walrus friend, get into a rocket, sh- like get into a missile and then blast off into space with one of the windows open, and then they land on a satellite, stop Robotnik, and there's a bar there with a bunch of badly drawn robots, and 
okay, like, are you still with me? <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. I just realized something. Oh, well, well, well. Dr. Robotnik is Eggman, and there is a walrus. Cuckoo, kachu. Well, to be fair, he was the Eggman in Japan, and then they changed it, and Japan doesn't acknowledge Rotor at all. So. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw a Beatles reference in there. Uh, no, I, I think we could just film this whole episode with just Chu. She <laughs> knows enough about it to just like this I've, ran. <laughs> she, her teeth is sunk in, and she's not letting go. Oh, well, yeah. I have evidence, and I will present it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they walk, they go into this bar, and the sound design is really bad. Okay, when you imagine, dun, dun, like, okay, dun, 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 dun. yeah, there's going to be music, there's going to be clanking and robot sounds, there's going to be like maybe the generic mumbling in the background. There's nothing. All there is, this is like without the dialogue, this is what the bar sounds like. I'll tell you what this feels like. This feels like you know when you. Sort of when you used to go to class and you used to sort of present a paper and you're like, yeah, I rocked that paper. That kicked all of your asses. You sit down and then someone goes up after you. It's just you're sitting there like, oh, God, that paper kicks my paper's ass. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> I there's dated research. <laughs> yeah. There's examples of um, Captain N or one of the Mario cartoons or, or something where they forget the backgrounds here. They that was Legend the of Zelda. There was a there was a scene oh, okay. where, where an alligator attacks Lincoln. Well, I thought that was they, that was Captain N. I thought the alligator attacks um, right. Kevin. You know what? They're all Nintendo cartoons. They just sort of blend together. Yeah, they all suck. <laughs> they, they suck too. Let me be fair. <laughs> They're all bad. Um, I actually think Super Mario World is way worse than any Sonic. Well, I don't see Underground, but uh, the other two Sonic Super Mario World was way worse. Yeah. Uh, Did you get round to Sonic X at all, Chew? A little bit, but I would—I—I I, I have things to say about that too. Although I only got a little bit into it, like three episodes into it, um, the sound design is awful, and Antoine is a horrible character. I make—he's French, about, so he gives up. Yeah, it's that's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible concept, and um, I make jokes that I like Antoine, and I've read the comics, and it's funny because they're not. They're not um, so con like the comics aren't good either at, for I don't know two hundred something issues, and um, I don't even know like I I haven't read the most recent ones, but I'm sure there's somebody be like oh just wait until here no it's still crap. Um, <laughs> well, well to to me the thing about Antoine is this it's like back when they made the Hogan's fucking heroes they had a Frenchman who wasn't a coward. I mean I mean if Hogan's heroes could have a brave Frenchman why can't Sonic? It's, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Okay, for one thing, it's really confusing because how in the world can they have a French person in Mobius? Um, and I think the comics do something where Earth is Mobius, but still. Yes, I explained that. That was that was that was Ben Hurst's idea of <sighs> blew it all up. Even if they did that, even if it is Earth, is there still France? Like, how can he be French? It doesn't make any sense. And well, hey, if Dragon Ball can have Australian aliens, <laughs> then it's fair game, right? I, oh, this boy. is all going down south of Space Mexico. And then, like, in the second season, there's this odd couple episode where um, 
Sonic has to bunk with Antoine because his house got destroyed by Robotnik. And Sonic is a complete a-hole and drives Antoine insane. And I think it's supposed to be like a funny hijink thing, but it's just uncomfortably mean-spirited and kind of like, is this racist? Like, this is, everyone, like, shits on Antoine. Like, he's just as scared as Rotor is sometimes, but everybody teases him and makes fun of him and treats him like crap. Like, why do you even let him on your missions? Why don't you just keep him at home? Why is he they, here? They, he, he's, Why are you torturing he's there, him? He's, he's there like the reason why the, the Autobots bring Wheelie, to draw a fire. <laughs> It'd be a lot better if they actually did that. Oh, there's there's so much writing in the show that doesn't make any sense. Like, there's an episode where they go to a, a temple and have to fiddle out the, figure out the riddles, but the riddles don't make any sense. For example, there's, an, there's a riddle where they have to use... Like, it says some cryptic message, like, you have to use your brains to figure out this riddle, to figure out the solution. So, they're standing around wondering how they can solve this riddle when light happens, light happens to shine on this one part of the temple, and there happens to be, um, they, like, take the seat of knowledge, and it looks like a couch. So, they sit on this couch. Oh, and, this and it magically, magically flies. And it magically flies, yeah. And then yeah. later... Sally congratulates Sonic for using his brain. What? He, he used just, his ass. He, you you, you all sat used on your something. ass. You just happened to look at a corner and the sun just happened to shine on it. And you sat on the seat and it rocketed into the sky. What kind of brain teaser is that? That's not, it doesn't make any sense. Be careful. That might be an episode Ben Hurst like was proud of, too. amazing. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Like, the concept was okay. Like, the, I like the idea of they go to this hit, hidden temple, and they had to find out a magic power, but... <laughs> that was that, that's starting morning fodder. I mean, they did that with DuckTales. They did that with with uh, Rescue Rangers. They did that with uh, with Ghostbusters, even. It's kind of... Well, it's kind of like um, if, if this were a Legend of Zelda puzzle, and it said, okay, you must you know, open the door to knowledge in your brain or whatever, and you're in a room and there aren't any doors. I would I would put a bomb on the wall that's cracked. No, that's too much brain for this. Like, <laughs> there is well, you said Legend of Zelda puzzle. I think if there's no doors, well, I start putting bombs everywhere. But if it were a Sonic level intelligence, you'd be in a room with no doors, and then suddenly a door would appear and then you go and open it and they'd be like, thank you for figuring out that puzzle. Well, I didn't do anything to make the door appear. It, it just appeared by itself. I didn't do anything. <laughs> like, wow. I, I didn't do anything. It just appeared and then I opened it and that was the whole puzzle. It's well, how do you feel about the, the uh, how do you feel about the, uh, the rings as a MacGuffin? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. Like, because they're um, they're they're a Deus Ex Machina because they don't explain where they're from for many episodes. Um, they Sonic will just pull it out and say like and, and use it to because now he has to finish the episode. Like they're in trouble and Nenny pulls a ring out of his backpack and then solves the, saves the day. Um, they don't explain where it is and then later Sonic says, "Oh, my uncle Chuck invented it, so I can use it." But that doesn't explain anything. Like, how did Uncle Chuck make this? Why did he make a, put a machine at the bottom of a lake? And <laughs> you didn't even know that the machine was at the bottom of the lake because they didn't say it and they didn't show it. It just seemed like um, the the Earth spat out a, a giant SpaghettiO for <laughs> Sonic to use. And they're like, we have we have to get these rings every 24 hours. And then later they change it to 12 hours. And then later they say 24 hours. 
Um, well, so so it, it will take forever for them to get a hundred, so Sonic can go super. <laughs> yeah, um, and it doesn't really exp- like they don't explain that it comes from a machine, and then one episode like. The, the guy from the underground place dives underneath and steals the, the crystal that crates him, and Sonic just breaks a chunk off of it. Yeah, that hideous character. Oh, he's such a bad character design. He's like the, like, I don't know, the retarded baby, demon baby of uh, Joe the Camel or something, because he's <laughs> horrendous. And that's another thing I have to say about the character designs. I can't reconcile them with the Sonic designs the the new design the sad designs of the other characters don't reconcile with sonic's design itself because like i said if you look at sonic's japanese character designs you know from the games and stuff it, it has an art it has it has a very felix the cat kind of feel early on and but at the same time they keep that cuteness that almost disney-esque cuteness neil knows what i'm talking about yeah the the early designs of sonic the hedgehog were meant to be cute the the Sonic you normally see with his arms folded and kind of giving you the sneer, that was after Sega of America got their hands on it and said, no, we want him to be more like this. And then Sega of Japan was like, eh, You got to remember okay. how Sonic was created was they asked these this artist to draw all these different ideas for a main character in a game. He drew this big fat guy wearing like pajamas. He drew what he called the porcupine and this third thing, which I forgot. And he showed well, all, one of them was a rabbit. Yeah, one of them was a rabbit. He showed them these three, and they picked they picked what he called the porcupine. <laughs> and the and the fat guy in the pajamas became Eggman, Robotnik, cuckoo, cuckoo, It's <laughs> yeah, I agree that they just didn't keep it very cute. It's just disgusting, like warped sense of what a cute aesthetic really is. And I think Don Bluth has this problem. My friends and I were talking about that the other day about he. Don Bluth will try to make something cute, and he just makes it awful um, because it's too over-rendered, and it's way too saccharine, and it's just gross-looking. And um, I don't know. When the characters are drawn competently, like, I can sort of see that they can be cute, but, like, I don't know. It's more like the potential for cute is there, but it's never executed. Well, well, to me, it's like it's like this. You look at say you look at say Sonic and Knuckles and uh, Tails and Amy Rose and in uh, the Chaotix. They they all look like they belong in the same universe. And if you knew nothing about Sonic the Hedgehog and said, hey, these are these are these are long lost and rediscovered Disney characters, you can kind of buy it. Because they have that kind of Disney aesthetic, you know, like the Bumblebee. And, it's sort of, it's along the same lines. And, I mean, and Mighty Armadillo. And then if you yeah. show them, like, all the, like, Mighty Armadillo and Sonic and all those characters to the same guy and then show him all the Archie characters stands Sonic and say, here, these belong together. Aesthetically, you're like, no, no. Yeah, they, it's true. They don't really belong. They don't. They're not pulling from the same sort of influences or design aesthetics that um, that the. Uh, yeah, they don't belong the on the same are. shelf. No, they don't. They don't yeah. You wouldn't put them together at all. Um, I'm going to admittedly have to cut out early before the missus kills me because it's quarter to one okay. in the morning. Um, okay. But okay. this has been Hopefully a lot of fun. Hopefully, we didn't steamroll you here with Chew coming. Huh? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. That's fun. Uh, and it's been fun. But, All right. Well, um, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll get the rest of Chew's thoughts, and we will send you the link when we, when the episode is up. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, um, thanks for joining gonna, us, Sam. Oh, hey, no if problem. you made a recording, be sure to send it to me. Uh, I'll I'll give you my email after the show. Yeah, sure. Uh, send me the email link. I'll get my recording over to you, so then you've got the three of them to work with. 
Okay. 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 Catch you guys later. All right. Thank hey. you. Sir. All right. Thanks. All right. Uh, Chew. Let's. Uh, okay. We were talking about the. Uh, Design just, aesthetics. I do agree. I think recently, though, um, they've got, they're working on revamping R2 Sonic, and they've got like actual artists act, who can actually draw, making everything look more consistent. And it's gotten better. It's gotten like I can sort of see how the characters that characters actually kind of fit now, but they sure as hell did not. Like they were born of not fitting out, and then now there are people going back and sort of fixing it and changing the, the designs to make them fit and make them and update them. And it's only because of that that work, you know, 20 years after the fact that these characters are kind of starting to resemble things that would come out of the same world, but they sure as hell didn't start out that way. They they were very different, and you can see that clearly when you're reading um well the early sonic comics are very goofy but um i'm like sad am they don't belong they're they're different they're very obviously different obviously it's a so let's get some thoughts on (laughs) the comics really quickly i've only read about uh 70 issues out of like 230 Um, that's a lot it's that's a lot because it's been going on continuously since it started in the early 90s um and i'm not even reading all the spin-offs i'm discovering a lot of things about american comic distribution that i really hate because i would complain about something to my friends and or my friend who um reads more american comics than i do and i'd be like well why did they do this thing and he's like well that's not archie's fault that's just the industry's fault I'm like why do they do this and they're like well that's just what they do and i'm like this is bullshit um one bullshit thing is that um they'll introduce like they'll have the the introduction to an event like the big bad is coming back and then they'll say read sonic super special issues seven through ten to get the whole story and then like i'll read and that whole story is not in the comic. Like, so it feels sometimes that the main Sonic the Hedgehog issues are just introductions, a series of introductions to stories that you would have to buy Knuckles comics or Sonic Super Special comics to actually see. Um, and that's just a business practice because they want people to buy more comics so they could read the whole thing. And that's bullcrap. <laughs> And I hate that. And another thing that I hate that I only saw later on is that um, they'll have comics inside the comics. So they would like you'd buy comic A and then as you're reading through comic A, there'll be a segment of comic B inside it interrupting the story. And then you can continue with comic A. I was looking through a later issue of Sonic the Hedgehog and there was like five pages of Teen Titans in the middle. For no re- like because they want you to, me to read T Titans. This is bullshit. Twizzler ads are one thing I can ignore those, but like when you're gonna have a couple pages of a different comic inside of it, that sucks. But that's not really like that's not related to the comic itself. The comic itself has really bad art, and I can't believe that these people were paid to write and draw this shit for so long because it's so terrible and so incompetent with a lot of like just like the cartoon. <laughs> a lot of melting people, a lot of mouths trying to escape their faces, faces <laughs> with no regard to jaws or any sort of anatomy or consistency. A lot of po- Escher squirrels that don't make any sense. Um, ginger root hands. Like a great tumbler for this is a, m- a moment of Archie Sonic for anybody listening to this who wants to laugh their asses off at how bad the art could be. Um, just 
a lot of dialogue doesn't make sense. Like, Dulcie is a horrible character. I don't know why she exists, but um, I, I've been going through um, and, like, selecting things that I thought were ridiculous about artsy sonic art because it's so bad. I can't believe that people were to were paid to be so incompetent. They can't draw these characters at all. People are their proportions are way off, their spines are twisting, their mal their faces are melting, their eyes are going in different directions. They're the wrong color. They're traced. The backgrounds are just photographs because they couldn't be asked to draw anything. The, the character, there's no sense of perspective, not even an attempt. They just sort of cram characters onto a piece of paper and into panels, and it doesn't make any sense. Then, like, the, the comics start out really goofy, really Saturday morning goofy puns everywhere. And then it suddenly dives into um, way too much text um, with very little humor what, what? And, or action. Spawn mower? The spawn more, yeah. <laughs> no. <that's>, yeah, <laughs> that was when the comic was a lot goofier. But um, like, there's there's things where like Mobius is really a post-apocalyptic Earth, and there's Overlanders who are humans, but then later there are actual humans, because and there's a big deal apparently about having four fingers versus five fingers, and then Uncle Chuck wasn't the one who made the 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 power rings. It was really a very very tiny, like a two foot tall old uh black scientist named nate morgan and then like it turns out that sally has a long lost brother that she somehow didn't remember at all and her mom is mr freeze's wife because she has a like a condition and she got um put into a um a status like you know one of those tubes where this filled with a liquid and they're, they're like in stasis because she's got a disease and they don't know how to cure it so basically mr freeze's wife um, just, oh, another thing that really pisses me off so far is that they'll introduce something and then later they'll spend like an issue of like talking to undo it. They'll be like, well, for example, um, they'll have, they'll say like uncle Chuck invented the power rings. And then now we, then, then they discover, no, it wasn't uncle Chuck who invented the power rings. It was this other guy. Or they'll say like, um. One thing that pissed me off was Sally's dad. He had he had this crown. Well, first they said that he must have like hit the crown. Then they said the crown was magic metal and melted into his skull when he was under attack. Or the, what? And then the magic and the magic crown he had is called the source, and he can use it. And his ancestors have used it to be able to divine like the mates of his like the family line because his father like divine oh you have to marry this girl and that's what he did so the king is saying to sally like oh the source is telling me that you should marry antoine not sonic and that's a thing but then i'm starting to think well if this the source is so magical and can like psychically help him divine like marriage or whatever why couldn't it tell him that freaking robotnik was evil and because Robotnik was his general of the army, and then he turned on the like the source is fucking useless because he, the source could, failed to tell him that his general was going to rebel against him. Failed to tell him that the the man he w exiled was innocent. All this other shit like the source is this piece of Deus Machina bullshit. <laughs> it's such bad writing, and I mean I haven't even gotten to like when it really gets bad. 
with uh, all these echidna politics and Dulcie the Dragon's boyfriend being abusive. It's mind-boggling. And that's why I'm reading it, because it's amazing. It's so bad. And then, it, no matter how bad it is, you'll get people who are like, who, who like the people, same kind of people I mentioned earlier, who they keep saying conditions. They're like, well, no, it gets good when you get to this issue. And I'm like, it's still bad. It's the, the same problems are still there. Like, oh, just wait until you get to season two. Bullshit. Wait until you get the issue. No, no, no. Bullshit. <laughs> it's awful. And then there's Ken Penders. Who oh. basically... <laughs> Hold on one second. We... Neil hasn't said anything in ten minutes. I want to make sure he's still alive. Neil? Yeah. He's still alive. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've just been kind of chuckling. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Chew, continue on Ken Penders. And then Ken Penders is this guy who worked on Archie Sonic. The true and original creator. Yeah, he basically made original the characters with the echidnas and all this other stuff. He made Bluckles. Bluckles. <laughs> but, um, oh, okay. Like, I, I've only read maybe seven, like, up to issue 70 or so. And he's, he, this guy was on the team until issue 160, I think. And so I haven't really gotten into the meat of <laughs> how everything goes so wrong. One of his, like, creations, Julie Sue, which is, I don't know, either the, the future wife or future daughter of Knuckles daughter. or something. Daughter. Who has like a tentacle hair or a robot tentacle hair and shit? I've only scratched the surface, but even with the little bit I've seen of his writing and drawing, I can see I, I don't know how he stayed on the team for so long because it has nothing to do with Sonic the Hedgehog at all. It's just Knuckles going around and like doing magic D and D adventures with Ken Pander's furry characters, like very much like old school like cartoon cartoon animal furry like old old school like they look like tiny toon characters or something and um it has nothing i mean reading this and i'm like this is pretty bad this has nothing to do with sonic the hedgehog it's just knuckles on a D adventure <laughs> what does this have to do with anything and not to mention the ridiculous um lore and echidna politics that this guy does and to just i could go on forever but what i should say is that what Ken Penders did is that working under Archie Sonic, he wrote Sonic the Hedgehog and Knuckles fan fiction with his fan characters and all this stuff and then copyrighted it. And then that was a dispute because um, I think Archie sued him for um, copywriting the stuff that he worked on when he was working for them. Um, and I don't, I don't even understand how he thought he could get away with this because I thought was it's pretty clear, isn't it? Like the guy who made um ghost rider he made ghost rider for marvel when he was working for marvel so marvel owns the character not him so this right. guy made all this crap and then while he was working for archie and he made it for archie then he wanted to say i i own this i worked on it it's mine these original characters are original, True and characters original. do not steal yes. and it doesn't make any sense so how can you try and do that not to mention it is total crap, but I don't know what leg he can stand on. I'm like, how did you not? How did you fail to understand this? And the thing is, this I've seen people who take his side of the argument simply because he's small and Archie is a corporation. Oh, man, like even if you wanted to take the question of quality out of the equation, he's wrong. <laughs> you made these ideas for Archie while working for Archie. They don't belong to you. And beyond that, they're based 
on characters belonging to Sega. So there's levels of not belonging to you. <laughs> there's, it, it does, it's, it's, uh, I can't even, I, I don't know. Um, and then you bring the question of quality into it and it should all be burned to the ground because it's awful. Well, the funny thing is, in the comics right now, Sally is actually a robot, and and they they announced that in the next issue she's going to be, well, a chipmunk again, and she's going to have a new design, and people were upset about the design, and the writer had the best response I think he should do anyways. He's basically like, look, look, guys, I can pretty much nuke Nothole and act like the Freedom Fighters and all the Sad Am shit never existed, and just do all the Sega characters. Yeah, um... They'd be completely justified in, like, not perpetuating these old characters that were only for the American audience anyway, uh, or at least Western audience. Um, and <laughs> like, like I said, I, I think that they can actually do that, and I think they should do that because that would shut up, like, 99% of the Ken Penders bullshit right there. It's like, all these characters, gone. We're not going to use them again. We're just going to sit on them. If you want to use Antoine... We don't care. He sucked anyways. <laughs> I'm surprised that there's... I'm surprised that um, the Saddam characters didn't disappear right away, to be honest. I'm surprised they didn't fade away. And, uh, like, ten years ago, I'm surprised that they're still bouncing around doing their thing. When they did like, the issue that tied into Sonic Adventures and they had the Saddam characters there with the Sonic Adventure characters, and it was like, what the fuck is this fail? Yeah, I mean, aren't the comics eventually going to... They're, the comics are this weird thing where they try to combine all possible Sonic universes together into one continuity, and that's just a clusterfuck. Because you got way too many... Not only do you have too many existing characters from the old cartoons, you have too many new characters that Sega is spitting out. Then you have people like Ken Penders. Well, maybe they don't have them anymore. But they had people like Ken Penders who were just spewing their own original characters. And they all have different continuities. And they're all different things. And there's a billion characters. And then you add furry drama into the mix where she loves her and he loves him. And she's a robot. But he died. But then he came back with magic jesus crystal power and and then there's a clone that's another problem is that these comics started out very goofy very very like adventures of sonic the hedgehog crazy with a lot of coconut fun. was even in the comics yeah coconut is a comic so it's scratching grounder um it's all very 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 silly stuff where like they jump to the other panel and they'd be like i'm in the um oh, i forgot what they called it but like um, it's basically these like white ribbons that connected alternate universes, and there's no explanation for why that's there. They just can just go to this place, the inner inner cosmic highway or something, and jump to an alternate universe. And one of the universes they can go to has like they're like the bad guys are good and the good guys are bad. So they do goofy things like this, but then the comics get more serious, and they want to keep everything canon. So they keep ridiculous ridiculous ideas that are were very like subpar looney tunes zany like dodo craziness but they want to keep it like serious and canon that's a really bad idea <laughs> that's do not cross the streams don't do that because it doesn't make any sense and that's actually an integral part of the comics where i described this craziness of um they can they can jump off out to this 
intercosmic highway or whatever and this jump to this alternate universe where Robotnik is actually a kind veterinarian and Sonic and friends are evil. Um, that was a thing that was like a major storyline plot twist where the evil Antoine switched places with the good Antoine and nobody realized it until it was too late. That was a serious, like, taken dead serious, like, plot line with a super twist or whatever. This is sick. <laughs> this is really stupid. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Oh my god, I'm glad I don't. I'm glad that I'm, I'm not in this. Ah! I'm glad I never touched the Archie Com- Sonic comics with a 10-foot pole. Oh, my God. The, the the research I did was bad, but this is worse. I mean, let, let, let's like I said, if there is going to be a Sonic animated movie of any sort, it's got to be just the Sega characters. Just the Sega characters. Got to be. Um because because to try to and that's the thing I've seen people on message boards screaming at each other about the the Archie characters aren't aren't bad for for a new audience they would love them because we love them and it's like all this other bullshit I'm like no <sighs> well I can like to to not keep ragging on Sadam and Archie for so long for me it's like what Sonic cartoon is good none of them I don't like well. Adventures is insane and sloppy. Sadam had good ideas, terrible execution, um, and some terrible characters, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, okay, let me say one other kind thing about, like, Sadam. I do like that Bunny Rabot is um, a strong female character, like, legitimately. I don't really have any complaints about Bunny Rabot. And she obviously has a southern accent. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> but she's at least a strong character who isn't annoying at all. She's a girl. She's a part robot. She kicks ass. Like, oh, that's that's neat. Because especially during a time where characters like that were extremely rare. It's like, oh, an actual female character who doesn't need to be saved all the time. Sally is kind of like that, too. But she's not as interesting. She's kind of a bitch. Well, Sally carries the walking, talking tricorder with her, though. On the, she oh, yeah. Just... The, the magic iPod is like can do anything. Yeah, she, she says, I want you to upload this. Okay. I want you to download this. Okay. I want you to find the nearest escape route. Okay. And it's like, I want well, you to shoot a laser. Yes. Nicole, laser. What? <laughs> Wait <laughs> Yeah, the computer, yeah, the Tricor's name is Nicole. I forgot that. Yeah. Um, Just overall, overthinking Sonic creates problems. So the answer here is... Don't overthink Sonic. Sonic is just a blue hedgehog that runs to from left to right. Or sometimes forward, because I actually really like Sonic Colors. I downloaded, I not downloaded. I bought that at a used media store the week. But but yeah, with with that message, but, uh, I think we are going to wrap up this episode. Wait, uh, <laughs> wait let me. I don't have much to say about the other cartoons, but I do want to say like there aren't any good ones because my problems with Adventures is that it's crazy and sloppy and there's no effort um sadam good ideas bad execution um sonic underground haven't even gotten past the theme song <laughs> oh wow um sonic the the ova turned into a movie doesn't make the japanese doesn't make any sense at all at all at but all wearing a cowboy hat <laughs> they look cute um the animation's not bad i have no idea what they're doing ever I have no idea what's going on at any point in that movie. Sonic X is a snore. Oh my, it's so boring. I'd rather watch Sonic 
Oh, I'd rather watch Adventure of Sonic at Hedgehog or Sonic Saddam twice because at least things are happening and Chris doesn't exist. Chris is, Chris is the character of Chris is basically what if ta- there was another Tails who was human even more annoying and human. Yeah, so they ha- they they did the ja- the Japanese Transformers thing by introducing a Japanese boy. But yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Neil here is going to take the same stance that there is no good answer. Yeah, that was kind of my stance from the very beginning is that there there is no good Sonic cartoon. So I didn't even bother. I was just I disappeared on this episode to be along for the ride because I knew this was going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew I had to have to just get her started. And to cover my ass, like. I'm a huge Nintendo fan. I'm only... I, I know that Sonic games are now getting good. I know that the comics are being revamped and maybe they're they're better now. Um, I'm a huge Nintendo fan. The, car, the Nintendo cartoons were horrible, too. They're horrible. Horrible. I'm not going to defend it. <laughs> so, once again, we have proven that against nostalgia, animation aficionados always win. So, this year's been... <laughs> With TV's Mr. Neil. And the way past cool chew from <laughs> slightly damn the Mondo. And we're saying comic. <laughs> and we're saying up, over, and gone. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>